Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to a Forgiven Podcast, and we are glad that you're here. Um, hopefully, we are getting more people uh, to come and visit and, and join us, and uh, we've got a number of things that we have in the future that we're excited about, and we got a, a number of great guests, including the one that we, we have uh, today, and just want to say hi to my sidekick here, Logan. How are you doing? I am fantastic, sir. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. And so, uh, if you're listening for the first time, uh, we are not too sure exactly where we are. We kind of format our show for people who might just be at the door of faith and figuring it out, or if you're just kind of in the beginning steps. And and sometimes as older Christians or more mature Christians, or I don't know if I want to call myself mature so much as that, but I wanted to say sometimes I'm so long in the faith that I forget some of the simple issues. And I, I forget that, wow, this is something that every person should know. And the thing is, you've only been a Christian for a little while. And you don't know uh, some of the, the issues of simpler faith and, and walking with Jesus and things like that. And so um, uh, our hope is to bring you along incrementally. Our hope is to uh, take you, if you are a, a 10 out of 100 Christian, we want to just take you to 11. We're not going to take you to 90. That's not what this podcast is about. It is just sincerely and authentically talking about faith in a way that it causes us to grow, to stimulate some of the conversation uh, that we need to have as Christians. Now, uh, on the topic um, today, um, ever since I was a young Christian, I was just this this person who just really accepted Jesus. And again, I, I grew up in a house where a family didn't know the Lord. I was kind of the only one. But I can remember distinctly from day one, that I wanted my life to count for God. That everything I did, I kind of thought, okay, God, so how do I, how do I walk in a way that I somehow make a difference so that I'm able to share my faith, that I'm somehow to be able to be uh, a light to someone who is kind of going through uh, a dark time. I wanted, I wanted to be able to transfer, to fulfill the mandate that God has, to use, you know, as that, that parable about, or that, story about the five loaves and two fishes again we all got five loaves and two fishes that may not be a lot or seem like a lot but God kind of requires us to give that and so that became an important part of my life and and when it comes to the calling uh, I've come to realize that in the Bible it never ever dif- differentiates between the sacred and the secular that God calls all of us to our particular area of life and so th- when a person says that they are called we assume right away, well, they're going to be a missionary or they're going to be a pastor or yeah. they're in some type of full, full-time full Christian ministry. But the Bible never, ever differentiates in any way. Nope. And we come to realize that God uses our gifts and directs us in the areas of those gifts. And this becomes important because I will never, ever be able to reach people who are in one particular section of society and work that there is a mission field for each and every one of us where we're at. And so that's why I think it's important to be able to pray and support uh, those people who are in our communities. And I think particularly in three areas. I think of in our schools, because teachers are influencing uh, the generation before us. The other one, I I think, is in politics. And sometimes we say, I don't like to be in politics, and Christians shouldn't be in politics. Well, if you don't have... Uh, good Christian solid leaders who who run in government, then we don't have the say in the influence. It's so important. And even people who are entrepreneurs, people who are businesses, and they support people. So there are so many different areas and ways uh, that we are effective, and all of us work together for that. And so that's kind of the, the idea. How do I excel? How do I thrive in the workplace? Mm-hmm. 
and particularly particularly to my heart as I have seen uh, this generation coming up being important we have a special guest and we're so happy to have you we're we are mm -hmm. borrowing him from another church in the area and shout out to McDermott and uh, Alliance that does a great job in reaching people in our community and Kevin Dirksen is uh, is part of that welcome Kevin I'm so glad that you're here with us thanks so much good to be here so, so um, we have heard so much like uh, there are a number of students that I, I'm always talking with they go to the school that you teach and I think you are a favorite amongst many you're involved not only in the teaching aspect of things but the extracurricular activities and football and sports and and things like that is that not correct uh, I was up until recently yeah. oh okay good yeah. good so the question I guess that is upon us and and Logan I have yeah. kind of hogged the time so far no keep going but uh yeah, the question is, is, how do you be a Christian in your workplace? That's yeah. or, or even more, how do I just thrive in that? Exactly. And, and, as, and I have, as I've listened to some of the students, uh, yeah, your, your name was one of the ones that comes up in mm -hmm. terms of, oh, this person we know is a, is a person who, who loves Jesus and is a passionate follower of Jesus. And it is a, a growing world where we're kind of discovering hostility towards our mm -hmm. message. Mm -hmm. And so we thought we'd have you come in and share about so what is what is your secrets or what is it that you have are there are there certain things that you do to prepare uh to be a light in a darkened world the darkened world can be even our school hallways yep. right yeah absolutely um i'll just thanks again for having me here guys uh, a couple things i do uh, to face the day and i i just want to be very clear when i talk about facing the day i'm not talking about just having a good day I'm talking about facing the spiritual battle that you're going to be in in that day. I, this is, you know, perhaps purely my opinion, but I, I do believe that if you are living uh, to bring revival in your community, if you're living and your goal is to see God's kingdom come in your community and your, your thoughts are revolving around that, your time is revolving around that, your money is revolving around that, your actions are revolving around that, it's my opinion that you're going to face some resistance. Now, if you're not doing that, I don't know how much resistance you would face, but perhaps when you're deciding, I think I'm going to step out and really try and make a difference for God. I think, I think at that point you're going to face more resistance. And so I think a, it may be tempting for a lot of people at that point to just cease and desist. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm not sure how divisive I'm going to be here, and I'm, I'm not meaning to be divisive, but... Um, it's almost a tip off to me when there's something going on. If that resistance or that pushback or that challenge, if it continues to pursue you, even when you start to shrink back a little bit to me, I may not be right, but to me, that's almost a tip off that that resistance is demonic because demons are not happy with you just, you know, pulling back a little bit like they're going to continue to pursue you they want you to be absolutely nothing and th in fact they don't even want to leave you alone if you look at our society today there's a number of issues where it is not enough for us to be silent those interest groups will come to you and almost force you to speak and they must in their minds it's like they have to have you affirm what their agenda is what their beliefs are and if you don't uh then they will castigate you. They will, they will, you know, say that you're a bad person. You know, they'll, they'll cancel you. Being silent is not good enough in their minds. And to me, it's almost a tip off that the root of that is demonic. You know, I had a, f 
a friend, a, well, he's a student, and then, you know, as he grew older, became a friend. You know, when he gave his life to Christ, um, his mother always, you know, him and his mom always fought, but then he stopped fighting. And she would keep yelling at him in the kitchen, and, 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 and he, would, he wouldn't fight back. And so she kept on and on and on, and she was struggling with addiction at that time. And so he would pull himself away from the kitchen. He'd go to his room, and he'd be doing his homework in his room, trying not to bother her. And uh, that wasn't enough. She pursued him to his room and would be banging on his door, screaming at him through the door. She just wouldn't let him leave. And to me, I mean, I told him, I think there's a, there's, there's a demon, like, influencing your mom at that point. Like, I think any rational person would just kind of leave you be, let you go. But she couldn't. And I, I think that, I'm not saying she was demon-possessed, but I think there was, like, a demonic influence on her at that time. And so why am I talking about all this? I'm saying <coughs> if you're a Christian in the workplace – uh, and you're just hoping to mind your P's and Q's, mind your own business and be left alone, um, that's not always going to work. You know, it, it, there, are, there is a spiritual battle out there, and it will come for you anyway. You know, may, maybe it'll be satisfied if you don't try to make a difference, but it, that n- might not be the case. It might come for you anyway. So when I prepare to go to work in the morning, I go to prepare to go to a battle, and I'm not fighting against, you know, my coworkers and my uh, superiors and my you know, the kids that I'm supposed to be teaching, I'm fighting against, you know, the principalities uh, and, the, and the darkness that is there, the spiritual forces of evil, right? So I will, in the morning, what just works for me more than anything else is I will worship the Lord. And um, I will actually sing praise and worship songs. You know, I'll sing I Surrender by Hillsong. I'll sing Promises by Maverick City, except that Maverick City, they're so good, I, I, I put the headphones on so that I can't really hear myself sing. <laughs> Um, but, and I'll just spend, you know, anywhere from 10 minutes to half an hour to 45 minutes worshiping God in the morning. Um, and, and I will spend time in the word. I will read it. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll make notes on it. I, in a, a perfect day, I'll read six chapters. Most days I'll read one in the morning before work because I just don't have the time. And then I'll pray and I'll pray for, you know, various things. Um, you know, confession of sin, thanksgiving is important. I mean, thanksgiving is so important that, I think it was Paul in the New Testament that said, even if a, a food is sacrificed to idols or to a demon, it actually becomes redeemed if it is partaken in Thanksgiving. So yes. th- I believe that Thanksgiving is very, very powerful as well. Um, and then, you know, of course, I'll, 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 I'll pray. I'll pray for myself and my family and my coworkers and my pastor every day and my, all of my church staff and, 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 and hopefully the board as well and <laughs> just different colleagues that I have and, and, and different situations and ministries and all that stuff. But the key, I think, is, is that I'm not praying to have a better day. Hmm. I'm not praying that the kids in my classes you know, behave themselves and do what they're told and all that stuff, although I, you know, I do pray that sometimes. <laughs> but the whole point of this is that I want God to change me. I worship because I want God to change me. I read, not because I'm thinking he's going to find something in the book of Numbers that helps me teach American history better that day, but that he's going to change me. And so even if things aren't going that well, even if the kids in my class are being resistant, even if they're being uh, whatever they are being, typical teenagers or not open to hearing, not open to doing what they're supposed to be doing as regular students, I won't react in anger. I won't react in, in, in fear and anxiety. Those things won't get the better of me. I will react with integrity. I'll react in love. Even though I have to react firmly, sometimes it will always be measured 
and controlled. I want God to, to change me. And really, I want to be filled with his Holy Spirit so that people can see that and sense that and, and really feel his love. You know, I want to become love. Um, you know, I guess, like, like, uh, like it says in first, is it first John that says, you know, you know, brothers and sisters, we ought to love each other because love comes from God. Um, I'm sorry. I just went off there. Do you want me to pause there for well, a breath? No, you guys want to say I'm, something? I'm kind of <laughs> listening to everything you're saying. Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm saying, wow. And I'm, I'm thinking, so can we somehow uh, unpack this a little bit? Because there's so many things that you have sure, kind yeah, of put yeah. in there that, that I'm like, wow. Oh, I have a question. And then you just went, oh, I have a question about that. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. The first, first thing as you get talking is, is I think one of the, the more important things in terms of trying to thrive in the workplace is to realize that there's a battle. There's a spiritual battle which is going on, and I need to prepare myself for the spiritual battle. Like we know, Ephesians chapter 6 mm-hmm. says, our, our wrestle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and, and all of that. And so, so God, gives us, God gives us a job to do. There's the Great Commission that tells us to go and make disciples. And, and so, you know, we feel like we have this pressure. And we also realize that sa- satanic entities are also in place there. So, so I, I, I really resonates with me that sometimes we don't ever get into the realization every day that, you know what, I'm going and there's going to be a battle and there's going to be people who will resist me and there will be things that will take place. And I, and I sometimes take a look at the, those people as the enemy when really there's a spiritual battle which is going on, mm-hmm. right? And the fact is, and as I'm listening to you, you have a, a, a routine or a, a regiment that you partake in that helps you prepared for that battle. Mm, absolutely. So, yeah. One of the things that also stood out to me was the fact that we can't be complacent. As, as, as Christians in the workplace, it's not enough for us to just mind our P's and Q's, as you put it, mm. but to actually like be a light and actually like not be a doormat and not allow them to like take ground that they don't deserve or, you mm-hmm. know, don't do the, don't give them an inch. So they can take a mile type thing. There's enough analogies that I could keep using. Mm. Um, but that was like one thing that like really stuck out to me. Cause I, I worked in a secular job before I went to college and like, I was one of the only Christians and man, did they know how to push your buttons, how to like really just lay into you. And it's like, eventually it was getting to the point where like, it was unhealthy. Like I was like feeling depressed. Like they were bullying me in some regards. Mm-hmm. And it's like, now it's not the same thing as like actually being persecuted or anything like it talks about in the Bible, but it was, I realized partially it was like, well, I'm allowing this to happen. Like I'm not standing up for myself mm. and I'm actually almost making a mockery of what I believe in. Cause it's, I'm not willing to stand up for it. And they mm. know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I had to have this like moment where I was like, no, I actually need to, to, tell these people what I believe and why I believe and start like fighting back. And we use the word fighting back. It's not like we're physically fighting or arguing necessarily. It's just standing up for yourself. It's just like, you know, having a rebuttal, so to speak, because mm-hmm. it's most of the time, all the conversations and art and things were very civil. It was just like, I would just like, well, that's, you know, you know, I can't, I'm not going to change your mind today. So mm-hmm. whatever, and I'd go about doing my job, but it's like, well, no, if I took a moment there to try, like, we never know what the Holy Spirit's doing to these mm-hmm. people. Like, Pastor Mike likes to say that, like, evangelism is joining a conversation that God's already started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's like, I look back on that, and I kind of regret not taking more of those moments to 
to speak up. So I, I really appreciate you saying that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots of lots of deep things when we consider well, how do I how do I actually be effective? Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that we need to be effective is we understand that there's a spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, and I think you were just getting into it, was the fact that I, I'm not looking to get through the whole process uh, uh, trouble-free, mm-hmm. that there's going to be challenges in that, but God has to prepare my heart. God has to prepare me. God's continually wor- working on me in the process. And sometimes we, we just forget the fact that that we're in a process where God is working on our hearts and mm-hmm. as God works on our hearts. And if God is working on my heart, mm-hmm. then he will naturally allow me to be able to, my life to flow into the life of mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and I think, you know, just in concert with, uh, all that's been said here. Um, I think it's really the most important thing is that we're filled with the Holy spirit and that we're connected with God and that we're guided by the Holy spirit, because there are some times where a rebuttal is appropriate. And then there's yeah. other times where it is appropriate to just take it. And so when do you do what? I mean, I think if your heart and I, I, uh, I am definitely not uh, trying to preach or anything because th- there's been times where I, you know, people say things, I take it personally and I shouldn't, and I get into a fight that I shouldn't get into. And it does, it's not necessarily a spiritual thing either. It's just, you know, but if our whole goal is that these people see Jesus, if our whole goal is that people that we know and that we work with and that we care about, um, realize that the Father loves them. Realize that, 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 that there's a better plan for their life. Realize that they can have forgiveness. Realize that they can be free from sin and free from shame and have that assurance uh, when they die, but also live, you know, heaven on earth right now with Jesus filling them, with heaven coming inside of them, as has been said. Um, you know, that's my ultimate goal. And so if people, um, want to persecute me for my faith, as in make fun of me, that's okay. Like, it's not really that big a deal. If, if it is appropriate for me to give an explanation of, of what it is that I'm doing, why I'm doing it, what I believe, why I believe, I mean, then I can give it. But like, I guess my goal there is, is if they're going to make fun of me, I want them to make fun of me for the right thing. Like for the, for something that's accurate, yeah. not mm-hmm. for some misunderstanding they have about Christianity, but I want them to under, understand Jesus better and then they can hate me for it and that's yeah. okay. But yeah. I don't want them to, yeah. you know, uh, make fun of me because, you know, they think that, you know, all Christians wear white socks on Thursdays or something like that. And that's ridiculous. No, let's, let's, let's understand if we're going to be persecuted, let's have the per- persecutors understand what they're persecuting. Yeah. And I think it's okay to be persecuted. Jesus said, blessed are you yes. when you're persecuted and when people say all kinds of things about you because of me. And I would take it the next step and I'd say, if you're not being persecuted, maybe you're not doing enough. Mm. Yep. Yeah. You know, um, but let's have them persecute you because you're a Christian, not because you come late to work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not because... You know, when you get into work groups, you're the one that doesn't pull your share. And so uh, as part of preparing for this spiritual battle against like demons and principalities and all that stuff, I, I, I also want God to change me and make me a better person. I want him to make me a better teacher. Yeah. I want him to make me thicker skin so I don't get offended at stupid things. Yeah. I want him to help me to be punctual and on time. Sometimes I struggle with that, yeah. you know, um, 
So, like I said, I don't just want to pray that I have a better day. Uh, I want to pray that I'm God's God's man in the, in there, and that and that you know I'm really above reproach, and that I can be more effective because. You know, there's that the whole thing, you know, people don't know how much you care till they care how much you know. I, I guess that's true in some regards. But to be honest, honestly, the, the students really want you to be a good teacher. Yeah. Like they, they I, I guess they want you to care about them. But they don't. Every every student has had a teacher at some point that didn't know what they were doing and didn't know what they were talking about and didn't know the course material. And I mean, how, Logan, I mean, how did you feel when you had a teacher like that? Terrible. It, it, you just feel like a waste of time. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 so in a way... I prepare, I try to prepare as best I can for my lessons. Be, and that is a way of honoring and caring for and loving yeah. my students, right? That's what I was going to say. Like, you can tell that a way of showing care for somebody is being prepared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine, I like to think that, like, when we have a guest on the podcast, the Pastor Mike and I do a lot to prepare. Mm-hmm. I don't want the person to come in and not know what the heck is going on or, like, not do anything like that. Like, it's it's a simple way of, like, showing care. And so, like... I think in the workplace, that's just like a doing your job is part mm-hmm. of diligence. Like we're mm-hmm. commanded to do that. Yeah. So, and, and it's tricky, right? Competency is, I mean, we all try to be as competent as we can. And sometimes the best we have is just the best we've got. And that's it. But I mean, you try your best, you fight to be the best that you can. And yeah. you know, if you're having trouble with your boss, are you going to pray that the trouble just stops and that he just gets off your back? Maybe if he's, if it's unfairly, if he's on your back and it unfairly so, but maybe you need to pray that and, and work hard to become punctual yeah. and to meet deadlines and to be respectful and to be competent and all that stuff. I, I do remember actually when I had first started teaching uh, where I was and I, I remember, I think it was parent teacher interviews and I was almost in tears after one of the parent teacher interviews because this parent who was also a teacher just ripped me and I realized oh my goodness, I'm not a very good teacher. And I I remember being in an office at school and I just, I closed the door and I just prayed. I said, God, you've got to help me. Like, you've just got to make me a better teacher. Like, you actually have to make me smarter. I'm I'm actually not smart enough to do a better job. I just need your help. And I, you know, when we're in in a tough spot and we cry out to God, I mean, in a way, I think that's, we're right where we're supposed to be. Yeah. You it's know. just that level of humility and continually coming yeah. before God. Just so many things that are that are kind of running through my mind as you're as you're saying these things. You know, the fact that there's a spiritual battle. The fact is, I need to be walking in the Spirit. I need mm. to be trusting in the Holy Spirit to move, and I need to have God being working in my life so that I'm actually the person that I'm professing, yeah. mm-hmm. and that I'm living out what Jesus actually says. Mm-hmm. Last thing you want is to say, "Well, you say that, but your life." Life is directed differently. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's that's in, incredible. Now, it, I was going to ask a question that I thought was interesting, and I'm wondering, because I've noticed a change, and I'm wondering, you've been a, a teacher for a number of years. Um, it used to be that I kind of wore the hat of an evangelist. Mm-hmm. And, and as I have gone on over the last few years, I kind of see myself, especially in the schools and, and, and things like that, I see myself more as a missionary. Mm. Like it used to be that people kind of had a, an idea of what Christianity was about. And now uh, I will talk to people about Jesus and they'll have no clue whatsoever about what Jesus claimed or mm-hmm. anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, do you, 
do you see anything in terms of you know just the way that you have um just thought about going and and doing you know just letting your light shine in in the workplace uh yeah i would say uh 20 years ago i would say i probably i was probably more free to to let it shine i would say you know the winds have maybe changed a little and yeah. there's maybe it's people are less receptive to that i would also say like i wasn't a big relational guy either yeah. uh 20 years ago and so i would say i kind of as i s- have said like i want to be a better person i yeah. want to be a better listener i want to be you know i want to really show people that i care about them because i can give a you know i can give a pretty good speech at the drop of a hat you know sometimes uh but that that doesn't really do it for people i mean yeah. they you know to actually get credibility with them i'm talking to my colleagues like people yeah. who are yeah. yeah you know i need to i need to be well is it philippians that says don't just be interested in your own affairs but be interested in other people and what they're doing and so when i ask people about their weekend i really want to listen and I really want to listen. And I want to listen to listen. You know, not just listen, yeah. planning what I'm going to say next. Listen for my next opportunity to talk. But I'm actually listening to listen. I'm listening so that I can really get what they're saying. Not necessarily what piques my interest the most, but what are they trying to say? What do they want to talk about? Because I want to encourage that. So I'm listening to listen. And then, or I'm trying to. And then when I'm talking, I'm actually trying to talk to set them up so that they can share more. Yeah. Because I do care and I, it does matter and I'll stop and I won't be so busy with what I'm doing. Now, part of that comes with I have increased competence as a, as a teacher and I'm not always running behind and, you know, yeah. <laughs> barely yeah. getting my stuff yeah. done on time and stuff like that. So I, I feel more free to stop in the hallway and talk to a colleague and stuff like that. But um, I would say I, I start with that. And in terms of sharing Jesus, um, you know, I have said to people like they'll ask you a question. First of all, people ask your, you your opinion. Um, you are allowed to, to answer it yeah. as, 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 as overtly as you want to. Um, I would say, though, out of respect for people, like if they're asking me what I did on the weekend, you know, I'm not going to sh- shy away from saying, well, I went to church and, man, the service was great. You know, I could say that. I don't, and, and, and maybe I'll even go out of my way to say that. But I don't need to go on and on and on about what the message was and, 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 and expound on it for 30 minutes because they're not asking that. Yeah. That's not what they want to no. hear. So, but if somebody does, uh, you know, you have to be sure like that yeah. you're actually in the moment and really caring enough about the person that you're not just manipulating yeah. the conversation. You yeah. know what I mean? There's been times where I've said to people, you know, people that wanted to talk to me, but I've said, you know what? Um, the sidewalk is a hundred feet away. If you want to meet after school, like we can, we could talk about this more. Um, but off the grounds of the school. Is that it? Yeah. If, if, if I have a very good idea that the, it is going to go um, very deep, and if I'm, and also if I'm not a hundred percent sure that they really want to hear it, yeah, right, then I'll just, you know, I'll say like, if you want this, we'll we'll talk about it after. Um, now, I think legally in the workplace, um, again, if you've got a friend, you know, you can say if they're having a bad day, you can say, hey man, I'm sorry this happened to you, or if you know a loved one has passed away. You could say, hey, man, I, I, can I pray for you or whatever? Um, you do have to be just aware that if they interpret that as harassment, mm-hmm. religious harassment, yeah. that they can make an issue out of it. 
but again, like you've got to be guided by the Holy Spirit. Is this a time where I'm going to say that? Is this a time where I'm not going to say that? Yeah. Um, it's not really a formula anymore. I think I maybe in my younger years, I would yeah. have been more formulaic or maybe yeah. I just always would have said it, but, yeah. um, you know, you, you want to be sensitive to what that person yeah. is willing to hear. Yeah. I found that there was a, a, a basic knowledge before mm. and, and people are less receptive to, to uh, some of our message, but I don't think that they're less spiritual. And I think no. that they are more curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if you pique curiosity, then you have an open door to be able to. But, and I, I think that you emphasis in your, just in your, um, your approach is that it doesn't matter how well you go about things. There still is that time where you have to take a chance. And is that time where you have to kind of step out and, and maybe ask the question that might be uncomfortable that leads to them considering, considering faith and considering their walk and considering their future and all those things. So it becomes an, an important, an important thing, right? Mm. So if, if you were um, at a, a seminar or, or something with Christian teachers, I don't know if they have a Christian teacher seminar. Yeah, thing. they do. I've always, I've always, you know, you know, they have the Christian, the Christian schools, and I understand why Christian uh, parents will send their kids to Christian mm-hmm. schools. But my my concern about that was that all the Christians left the public school system, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden, those people who are in the public school system and have a faith that they profess and a life that shows it, are, are fewer people. That's mm-hmm. but if you trying to think of how to articulate this. So all of a sudden someone comes up and you are the c- keynote speaker that says, so as a teacher, how do you go about sharing faith? And a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff you have already said, I understand. Mm. But if you kind of could picture yourself in front of a bunch of other teachers who are really trying to express faith, they may not have the same personality type than you are or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what would be maybe some of the key things you, I know, again, you probably said a number of them. Mm-hmm. Would there be anything else you would add to maybe a, a speech or a, as you mm-hmm. hear a keynote speaker speaking to teachers, maybe there's a bunch of teachers who are listening right now and saying, I, w- I want to be, I've never met one teacher who has yeah. said, I don't want to be effective. I just want to do my own little thing. You know, the, the reason they got into teaching is because they wanted to influence Mm-hmm. The younger generation, their heart is yeah. always in the right place, yeah. and and they yeah. find it many times difficult. And mm-hmm. you know, and when I see someone who is who's a little bit more successful, I try and say, okay, so what do I tell other teachers? Mm-hmm. As how do I encourage them mm-hmm. uh, to go ahead in faith? Right, because a number of yeah. them, a number of them with this great with this great resignation that we have uh, over this pandemic, people wanting to change, and that I imagine that there are a number of teachers who are kind of thinking, I don't. Know, might want to throw in the towel for sure i I would think that you know again and i I have said it you want to be filled with the holy spirit you want to be guided in the moment by god and you want to make sure that you're right before god and stuff like that but um one thing i would caution against is is thinking well i'm a christian and i'm a teacher so i'm just going to use this platform as a launching pad and you know to do you know to proselytize and evangelize children in the school and stuff like that. And I would, I'd really caution against having that simplistic a view of it, to be honest. I would say, are you like, first of all, are you, when you're in Canadian Tire and on your own time and there's somebody limping, 
are you going up to them and asking them if you if they would like prayer to be healed? Okay, if you are, I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. but don't but don't you know come to me and 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 say, well, I know I don't pray for people in public because of this because of that, but then but then think you're going to go and 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 try to yeah. put all kinds of things on your students because they're younger and they're not going to resist you. That's not that is not the right attitude yeah. um, at all. Um, so I think the way, first of all, you should be living in a, you know, I, I think you need to be living a Christian and evangelistic lifestyle wherever you are. Um, so that is at whatever store you're at. That is in public. That is in church. That is on the sidewalk and all that stuff. When you're in, you know, a building where you've got uh, children in your care, again, Number one, competency. Number two, become love. Uh, you know, number three, you know, just keep having God make you a better person. Now, um, there will be a number of issues that come up where you're, you know, maybe expected to tow a certain line. Um, and I would say, depending on what the issue is, you could say, well, you know what, there's some people that believe this and there's some people believe that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you're, so you're not saying you must believe this or that. You're not saying, I believe this, so you should believe that. You're saying, look, there's people who believe this, there's people who believe that. Um, like if, if whatever class you're in, if a kid says, hey, what's your opinion on uh, uh, evolution? You say, well, I don't actually believe in it. I believe that we were created by God. Well, why do you believe that? Well, uh, you know, some people believe this and some people believe that. And I, I mean, hey, my kids all took classes that taught evolution. I had no problem with it. I want them yeah. to know what the theory is. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I would handle that. But um, now in terms of, of talking with colleagues that are like your equals, again, do you have a friendship with that person or not? If you got a friendship with that person, they're having a bad day. You know, it, it, in Canada, in a free society, you have the right to ask them if, if, if everything's okay. You have a right to ask them if, if, if uh, they would like you to pray for them. You have you, you you do have the right if they're your friend to say, um, hey, you know maybe you should consider Jesus, but the fact is is you have to be aware of what you're doing because if you're not if that person is not as close to you as you think they are, they can all of a sudden turn around and say, hey, he's pushing his religion on me, and yeah. you go, well, I thought we were friends, yeah. I thought we had an open door, yeah. you know, and. And I'm not trying to tell people in this audience, don't take that risk. What I'm trying to say is you need to know whether that's a risk or not. You know, you need to know what the risk is. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then obviously, I mean, obey God. I mean, if you think God wants you to take the risk, take the risk, but. Um, yeah. It's a follow a matter of following and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And building relationships with people. Yeah. And that's what that, like, that's what Jesus did. Like, like, yes, Jesus went around and preached to people. Absolutely. But look at his 12 closest friends, his 12 disciples. He didn't just start, you know, evangelizing to them. He lived life with them. They were his best friends. I mean, look at Peter, James, and John. Like, you have, like, his three closest friends who are, like, you know, basically his brothers. It started with friendship. It, it, it was this, like, they learned through osmosis in some in some cases. Jesus just lived the life. He modeled it. Mm-hmm. And then through that, he was able to take certain opportunities to teach them, to motivate them, to, you know, to encourage them. And I think that's like, that's really, really important because let's be real. If you just 
like in some cases, yes, the Holy Spirit could absolutely move and it would be a totally amazing moment. But walking up to some random person or one of your coworkers or colleagues who you don't really know that well and you're just like, hey, yeah, I want to pray for you. Like that's going to creep them out. It's not like it's just not going to work. And like you said, you could end up getting in trouble for it. Yeah. And, and, so, I, and I, I would say this, like it, I'm not saying don't do it because you could get in trouble yeah. for it. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, just so you know, there's a risk. You could get in trouble for it. Yeah. Like <laughs> know the risk, risk management type. Thing. Yeah. I mean, anyway. it's interesting. I, I, the whole idea, I, I'm such a student of how do I reach people? How do I genuinely love people? How do I make a difference? And I've met so many people who have had so many different opposing views. And, and even after all these years, dozens of years of observing it, I don't know if there's an actual answer that I am comfortable with. I've had people who have been those type of people who have been, listen, you need to know Jesus and stuff like that. And I know that they've burned so many people. Yet the, the other times, they have, God has used them. You know, it's kind of interesting. I, I find that many times, whether you are a teacher or whether you are a, a person that collects garbage or if you're a sanitation engineer or, or whatever, some of these things are totally transfer, transferable. If you're, if you're a civil servant in some area, there is still a battle. There's still mm -hmm. a spiritual battle that goes on. Mm -hmm. You still have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You still need to walk in the Spirit. You still need to say every day, God, change my life. Make me the man of God that you're, or the woman of God that mm -hmm. you want me to be so that when people... Are, are there they ask that was that passage in first Peter be ready, always be ready always to give an answer to the hope that is in you with meekness and fear mm -hmm. there's something about that last little part there that says yeah you still have to have a part of your heart that absolutely genuinely loves people and is is going to be there for them and so you know I I, I sometimes look for the transferable because uh, there might be a teacher who has a totally different approach than you are mm -hmm. but there are still going to be those common elements and i still think this as well that there often is a time where you have to take a chance where you just say hey you never you ever consider this about faith and you i think god will provide that time which is comfortable so that you don't lose your job or you don't get your hand slapped or you don't get written up or well, whatever the case I, may be to be clear though like if yeah. god may tell you to do that uh, and you may get your hand slapped and you may lose your job. Like your ultimate goal in life is not yeah. to go without punishment or without problems. The ultimate goal in life is to bring heaven to earth, right. to bring Jesus to the people that need him, to seek, you know, do what Jesus did, seek and save the lost, right? So, I mean, if there's a time where you do it, there's a time where you do it. But, yeah. you yeah. know, again, you got to be listening to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and I think just... When I was, when I was, I mean, I'm still young in ministry, but when I was really young in ministry, I hated hearing that. Mm -hmm. I hated it. Being young in Bible college and having like real questions and stuff, and all the professors and pastors just be like, "Just gotta listen. You just gotta listen. It'll come. It'll come. You just gotta mm -hmm. listen." It wasn't until I actually started putting in some effort to hear the Holy Spirit speak to me, to to listen and to do these things that I actually found the answers I was looking for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and so. For to be an effective to thrive as a Christian in your workplace, it's we can sit around and wait on God all we want. Mm -hmm. But let's be real; sometimes we actually have to make like the first move in some cases, right? And so hearing that, like, and I'm sure you know, mm -hmm. 20 years ago, and maybe you did, but 
I don't think 20 years ago you were spending 45 minutes in prayer. And if you were, amazing. But it seems like to me and every person that I've talked to, it starts with maybe 10 minutes and then 20 and then 30. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that like the more you do it, the more like reward you get from it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so mm-hmm. for those listening who will like think they're maybe ready to take that step to do these things, it's like be willing to like mm-hmm. to learn, to grow, to yeah. to actually like listen to the Holy Spirit. Like you have to practice it. It's not yeah. something that that just. And if I could say just like in terms of taking a risk, um, sometimes we, we look at taking a risk in terms of uh, uh, doing something that um, will not be approved of in your place of work or doing something that's. Uh, against policy or whatever i don't i think there's a lot of risk that will be hard for most of us to take that is completely legal yeah Yeah. for example in the lunchroom are you praying before you eat that is legal and very very awkward yeah right when there's people sitting about a foot away from you and you just they before you eat you just fold your hands bow your head and don't say anything out loud, but like they know what you're doing. Yeah. Right. That to me, that was really, really awkward when I did that, when I first got to one of my jobs, um, you know, and then if people ask you a question, you know, Hey, what does your church think about this? Or then they yell it across the staff room. <laughs> well, you can answer that. And you know that when you answer it, you just might get a firestorm. That's you may choose to not answer it in, in, in boldness and not entirely true. Or you may choose to say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to get ripped apart here socially but that's okay you know there's lots of risk you can take without and they'll uh, never putting your employer in a bad spot and they'll never they'll never ask you a question if they don't know your faith (laughs) yeah that's true have to tell them and i i find that the greatest evangelism comes out of depth is that i I find people who are you know a mile wide and an inch deep have problems Mm -hmm. because they're not speaking out of a depth out of a true relationship and that is probably the foundation stone for us uh, to to be able to share authentically and for people to actually believe it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I, I just find it so amazing how something so simple as just like praying before you eat. Like, mm-hmm. I said this on the last podcast we recorded. Uh, our, our, our guest said something so simple and it just had completely escaped my mind. Mm-hmm. But... Like praying before you eat is like a perfectly good way to like model like what being a Christian is, and it, and it and it's 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 something so natural to all of us. But I think so many of us don't do it in the workplace for fear of this, for fear of that. Mm-hmm. But it's like that's a really easy, tangible step for somebody who is listening, who is new to this, to like show people what they believe in without like you know breaking any rules or anything like mm-hmm. that. Like and I. I to me, it's it's one of those little, tiny, simple things, but it it means a lot. And maybe it doesn't mean a lot for other people, but it means a lot for the person doing it because they just took a step out and like tried something new. And you never know what what could come from that. So mm. I think I can't help but think that God is continually nudging us. I, I for people who are passionate followers of Jesus, and I, and I'm hoping if you're listening, that you're a passionate follower of Jesus. And one of the biggest issues that you deal with is I got I got family members or I got a, a person who who is um, next to me at work who we have developed a friendship with uh, and I really can't I really can't picture heaven without them but I know mm-hmm. that they don't know God and and we we have these 
these times. I, I think it's one of the biggest struggles that we have as followers in Christ is that I actually want to be, I actually want to be effective in reaching people for mm -hmm. the Lord. And I think it starts with a number of the things that you kind of been saying. We need to all of a sudden realize maybe there are five people. There's five people in my life that I need to, would love to see. Mm -hmm. come to know Jesus. Well, mm -hmm. I need to continually pray for them. Yeah, absolutely. I need to continually um, live my life out and have an example and to be ready to give an answer and, mm -hmm. and to live life out. And, and for some people it might look differently, but eventually though, we still have to, we still have to go and tell. Yeah. If I, if I could just jump in. Yeah, absolutely. Because, because I know that it, it, uh, you know, I feel like we started off on fire and, and then, uh, you know, now we're saying, well, or at least I've been saying, well, you know, you don't necessarily take this risk or that risk. And I, I feel like it's really boring and I'm almost disappointing myself here. But a couple of things I would say is, um, first of all, if you've got that person in the workplace that works close to you and you really, oh, man, you just can't imagine heaven without them. And yeah, there is possibly topics that come up or an opportunity to share what you believe or to invite them or whatever, like, in, in the workplace that, that, that is possible. But is this person, somebody that you deeply care about that you never go have nachos with? Like, is he somebody that you deeply care about that has never been to your house? Is he somebody that you deeply care about, but you know, yeah. work is work and home is home. Cause I would think if you go for lunch, you could say anything. There are no restrictions. Yeah. You could say, Hey, look, man, I'm concerned about your salvation I'm, uh, and yeah. stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that, you know, I want you to be with Jesus. I don't want you to go to hell when you die. I mean, as, as offensive as that sounds, if you feel, I mean, you could say that. There's no trouble. When he comes to your house to watch the game, if, you know, if you think it's an appropriate time in the friendship, there's no rules on you, right? So I would say actually developing an authentic relationships. Yeah. Because what are we if we're, if we're just friends in work and we're not actually developing those relationships, well then if there's not an authentic relationship there, then maybe you don't have the right to take that risk. Maybe you do. The opportunity may, may come up, but you should consider that yeah. you, you maybe need to spend a little more time in that relationship. Um, then I had something else. I was, oh, here's the other thing I was going to say. If you feel like nothing's happening in your life for the kingdom, if you feel like your Christian walk is boring, um, man, one thing I would say is stop sinning. Uh, and when you clean up your life, uh, you know, and you put on that breastplate of righteousness, which is, you know, it's metaphorical, of course, but I believe it's actually real. Like living a righteous life is armor that protects you. Yeah. Um, so I would say um, stop sinning right? Uh, like the elephant in the, the room of every church uh, would be like, stop looking at porn. Um, you, you, when you stop those, whatever the sin is, right? Uh, there will be things happen. There will be opportunities happen more and more and more. You know, yeah. you'll get invited to speak at a funeral. Then you'll get invited to speak at a podcast. Then you'll get invited to speak at another church. Yeah. Which actually I've experienced all three of those things <laughs> in the last week. So nice. those things will happen, but, but I mean, God wants, you know, God wants you to be happy and that means, you know, take care of that sin issue. Right. Yeah. And put on that breastplate of righteousness. Well, it's, how are you going to like preach the gospel 
if you're not living it yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that, it, it comes down to it. And, and I've never thought about it like that, but it just hit me. Like the breastplate of righteousness isn't necessarily to protect us. Like for some reason, it just kind of reminded me of like, it's not necessarily there to like protect others or to protect yourself from others. Mm-hmm. It's to protect others. Or, sorry. The other way around is it's, it's to protect yourself from others in that mm-hmm. like, if you're claiming to live this righteous life and you're not, mm-hmm. well, very quickly they're going to find out about it. And guess what? You've lost all credibility with that person and whether or not they mm-hmm. were a true friend or not, they're not anymore. Yeah, but sure. You, the whole, the whole conversation along that line is because our thinking of is uh, about, you know, the righteous, uh, the whole, sh- the whole armor of God and say, well, you need to be righteous. It is, it is, if you're living a righteous life, then that makes you effective for God. Well, it talks about other things too. Yeah. Mm. Well, what about my feet being shot with the preparation of the mm-hmm. gospel of truth? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to be honest. Mm-hmm. How many times have we caught ourselves with the little small lies, those little issues, and we don't think that it makes us ineffective? Mm-hmm. But you know, the breastplate of righteousness, and your what is the they had the the belt? The belt of truth. Truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure, yeah, and of course, s- yeah. so many things, so many mm. things that could be added. Not just righteousness. You have the helmet of salvation. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the shield of faith, and mm-hmm. we, the only offensive weapon you have is the Word of God. Mm-hmm. You know, interesting when you we consider. It, uh, well, I've read that passage so many times. I've memorized that passage mm-hmm. of scripture. You know, and never used it in reference to how I reach people every yeah. day. You know, I I was I was speaking at a youth conference um, about half a year ago. And I got into a small group and I was talking with some, you know, youth leaders and stuff. They, everybody was sharing youth, youth leaders and whatever. And I just realized how few people actually read the Bible. And I was somewhat distressed. And I, you know, I, I, there's lots of times I think I'm doing good with that. And I just love, I love listening to older uh, preachers talk. I listened to a podcast by one guy a little while ago. And I mean, he was sharing how he starts every day reading the word. He finishes every day reading the word. He mm. said how... To the best of his knowledge, in 37 years, he hadn't missed a day reading the Bible. And, wow. and that 37 years ago, he had a kidney stone. And so he was like on, in the ER and everything like that. That's why he missed right. that day, right? But, um, you know, a uh, great uh, evangelist and faith healer um, a century ago, over a century ago, Smith Wigglesworth, they said he had his Bible in his pocket and he didn't go 15 minutes without reading it, wow. right? So, I mean, I look to these guys as 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 being kind of models of that, and I think... Man, we gotta. You're right. We gotta know the word. We gotta be into the word. And our and our again, our overall goal, right? The the parable of the sower and the seed. I'm not afraid that I'm gonna be the seed on the path, uh, or the seed in the shallow soil, because I know I'm not. I know I'm a Christian. I know what I believe and all that stuff. What I sometimes get a little nervous about is that I'm gonna be the seed that gets choked out by the weeds, the worries of this yeah. life, and the deceptiveness of wealth, right? I mean, how many times have I? cared a lot more about how one of my kids did in a sporting event than about the salvation of their coaches yeah. or the salvation of the fans sitting beside me that are listening to me get a little bit too hot under the <laughs> collar, you know? So yeah, we got to, what are we living for? What is the purpose, right? Is it about Jesus or is it about us living a comfortable life? Okay. Well, I'm hoping that as you have been listening, you have been challenged. I'm hoping that, uh, you know, maybe as you are just listening to some of the conversation, someone has come to your mind or 
you know, scenario has taken place where he said, I think, I think I just need to take that step mm. in that. So thanks for challenging us. I think that that is what we continually need. We don't want to, yeah. we don't want to be, you know, pacified to ineffectiveness. We want to be challenged to be more like Jesus and to be effective in winning people for him. So if there's, as we kind of wind things up here, uh, is there any last words or any more encouraging things? You know, sometimes the last word you say is the thing that mm. sticks with us. Anything that you you would want to add or say or I, w- I would also say, well, you, you've alluded to it. I would also say that uh, daily, uh, obviously, there's, you're going to pray every day. I'd also say there should be some unbelievers that you're praying for every single day. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and not just praying that they convert, but praying praying that they convert, but praying that that they just realize how much Jesus loves them, that they have just really experienced God's peace and his presence in their heart and that, and that he will bless them in every way. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. Uh, I've had to train myself as a pastor being around a whole bunch of Christian people all the time to have unchristian or non-church friends, Mm -hmm. people who aren't part of my little circle. Awesome. Right. And that's, that becomes, that becomes important because you can't reach anyone if you're never around them. Yeah. Right. Logan, anything you want to add? Anything that kind of inspired your heart is uh, that we kind of been listening in? The only, I, I would just kind of just wrap up and say, like, we, we went through a lot of, of amazing stuff. But people listening, like, the, the main point was you have to live the life worth, like, you have to live a life that's worth being modeled after. That's basically everything that we talked about today. And, and that breaks down to, I mean, to the beginning of the episode of starting your day off right. And not necessarily praying that you have a great day, but praying that today God will use you for something, mm-hmm. right? Because the second you pray for a great day, you put your bias into it. Like, mm-hmm. um, and so I think that's like really, really important. And just it's the little things that we can do as believers in the workplace to, to make a difference, i.e. like, you know, building a relationship with somebody or like just praying before you eat a meal. Like it's it, just these tiny little things that we can do as Christians in the workplace. And I say we like I work in a secular workplace, but that people can do as Christians to model what their life looks like and how it differs from the rest. Yes. So that's what I would say. So you might be here and you're just saying, I need I need prayer. I need help. Or I have questions and stuff like that. We are here for you. And we want to do everything we can to advance you in your faith, even if it is just one step. And the other thing is, you might have some questions. Uh, you may have, uh, you know, so I have a question for, for for Kevin or for the pastor staff or anything. If that's the case, we do have an email that you can get, and we will pass any kind of uh, any kind of uh, questions or anything onto him, so he can pass. I'm sure that you know you'd be willing to help. Hundred percent. Asking these questions. So, uh, if you are interested in any way, uh, you can email us at forgiven at bethelbrandon.ca. Again, thanks a lot for coming and sharing with us. I know that uh, I'm taking some stuff home and, and mulling them over. Absolutely. And I've been a pastor for, for, for dozens of years, but I always want to be challenged. I always want to be encouraged and, and urged to just do everything I can to be more like Jesus and to win as many people as I can for him. So God bless. Thanks a lot. And uh, thanks for joining us today on Forgiven. Have a great day, great week. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. No problem.